Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. If you've read The Unhurried Homeschooler and enjoyed it, I really want to encourage you to check out The Four-Hour School Day because it's like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. You can find all three of those books at Amazon. You can find them at my website, wilson.com and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. I also want to let you know that I have an online mentoring course, and in this budget-friendly mentoring course, I encourage moms to simplify, slow down, and enjoy their homeschool days with confidence and courage. This online mentoring course will include workshops that help moms grasp what unhurried homeschooling looks like during each of their children's developmental stages, along with lists of resources that I've found helpful over the years. The videos can be watched whenever it works for you. The course also includes extra workshops on mom self-care and nurturing your marriage throughout the homeschool years. I really encourage you to check that out. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can just go to theunhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com. A psychiatric diagnosis can be a really heavy burden for the individual or for those who love them. These struggles can end up taking over our lives, but we know this, that God is not silent when his people struggle. So what do you do when you recognize yourself or someone you love in descriptions like OCD, bipolar disorder, or borderline personality disorder? Um, The DSM or it's, it's... the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders can give a detailed description, but what next, especially for believers? Um, Today, I have experienced counselor and best-selling author Edward T. Welch here to help answer that crucial question by exploring how God's Word speaks in ways that can help them find wisdom, rest, and hope in Jesus. Ed is a licensed psychologist and faculty member at CCEF. I've mentioned that organization before and directed you to go and uh, check out those resources there. It's a, it's a counseling, biblical counseling website, and I have just found some wonderful, wonderful help there. Um, But Ed earned a PhD in counseling from the University of Utah and has a Master of Divinity degree from Biblical Theological Seminary. I love that combination. Um, I think it's a rare find. Um, He has been counseling for over 40 years, so tons of experience, and has written extensively on the topics of depression, fear, and addictions. His biblical counseling books include Shame Interrupted, When People Are Big and God is Small, and, and several others. I encourage you to go check out all of his resources. But Ed, we are so grateful to have you with us today. Welcome. Uh, Dorinda, thank you. I am pleased as well because this is this is my job and it's also my hobby. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it. I love that. And I'm assuming it's your passion, you can I can tell by just, you know, I've listened to some of your short videos and things on um, CCEF. And uh, my daughter read your book when she was, a um, she's about 13. She read the book um, when uh, 
people are big and God is small because she was struggling with people pleasing. And it was so helpful for her. She's now 31 and a mom of five. And so um, it's been a huge blessing for her. It's a vicious read for a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, okay, I'm going to dive into the first question because I think this is a super important question. Um, It's one that I've had for a very long time. Why do people often draw a line between the psychological world and God's word? Uh, I think there are a few different reasons. One is that that psychiatric problems, the words for psychiatric problems, they don't appear in the scripture. Mm. Even the the word depression doesn't appear in the scripture. Fear does and anxiety does, but that's about it. OCD doesn't appear in scripture. Trauma, the word trauma doesn't appear in scripture. It can't be accessed by a concordance. And so as a result, we, we think that scripture really doesn't speak and we have to go somewhere else. I think there's probably a, a theological reason beneath it as well. And we're accustomed to thinking about people as body, soul, and spirit. And, and we tend to think that psychiatric things would be the soulish part of the human being where, where Jesus has access to the spiritual part of our being. So I think that's mm. an inaccurate understanding of, of, how, of, of, of who we are as people. But I do think there are probably theological reasons. Either way, I think we all can appreciate how when you, when you have a psychiatric di- diagnosis where you hear of one in your child or your neighbor, immediately you notice that there is a partition that goes up. Mm-hmm. All, all of a sudden, you just can't see scripture. Uh, it, scripture, it belongs in another day. It belongs in Sunday, but it's not relevant to the, the troubles of that particular day. So I suspect all of us, all of us experience that in some way. Mm, I, I, you're absolutely right. You mentioned that wall. I've seen that. I've, I've experienced that when, you know, a friend of mine um, was diagnosed with clinical OCD and, and it just felt like a, everything was a mystery, you know, yeah. and, and where do you find the answers? And um, so I think everything you said was spot on. Um, but often the words psychological and psychiatric problems are used interchangeably. Can you tell us the difference between the two? I, I think they can be used interchangeably. Uh, if there is a difference between the two, a psychiatric diagnosis usually assumes that there is some physical struggle in the brain mm, that mm-hmm. is connected to it. Now, it assumes that because it, it, there's no real evidence for it, but it's it's a safe assumption that in many psychiatric diagnoses, something something different is going on at the level of the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually when you talk about a psychological disorder, uh, it can be the same as psychiatric, but usually you're talking about uh, an emotional struggle that has its locus in the past. There's something mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, psychiatric problems can also do the same thing. Uh, they can say it's an emotional problem, problems are in the past. But if you distinguish between the two, that's probably what you would do. One is thinking about the body, one is thinking about our pasts. Okay, okay, that, that's really, really helpful. Now, sometimes we can have a hard time describing what spirit is, but you write, your spirit is the real you. And this is in that uh, the, the most recent book that you've just written, a little booklet called um, Psychiatric Disorder, What Does, or Psych- Psychiatric Diagnosis, What Does the Bible Say? So um, I, I was reading that in that little booklet um, that we have a hard time describing what spirit is. And you wrote in that little booklet, your spirit is the real you. Can you share what you mean by that? Yeah, I, I think I think you're identifying a very, very important matter. 
the when we think of spiritual, I, I would again suggest that there might be some partitions. Mm-hmm. Spiritual is sort of a contained, relatively small category. It's 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 relevant to our conversion. Our spirits are dead before we're alive in Christ. So it's mm-hmm. relevant to conversion. It's very important for for the judgment to come. But and it, and it has something to do with obedience and sin in the present. But that's you know that that's sort of its lane, if you will, as we tend mm-hmm. to think of it. Mm-hmm. The the way Scripture talks about it, it's not a lane. It's not a part of the person, half of the person, or a third of the person, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. It is the true person. It's the very center, if you will, of the person. All roads lead here. Uh, whether they're physical problems that are that are glaring or not, all roads, this is the deepest central part of our very being. And you, you mentioned the real you, the things that are most important to us, our desires, our loves, the things we care about, which actually includes all of our emotions in that. Um, mm-hmm. Because our desires, our loves, our cares, these these are the things we feel emotional about. Uh, the fears, the threats of life, the, the miseries of life, these are all matters that are reckoned by who we are as spiritual beings. So I think, I think you're saying something very important because, because what we're doing is we're saying even if there are known psychological or psychiatric problems, let's say a person have, has dementia, now, dementia would be, um, it's, it's actually a psychiatric diagnosis, but it, it's one that has a clear physical cause. Mm-hmm. We don't know the details of that. Mm-hmm. But, but with this way of thinking, uh, spiritual goes deeper. Uh, so, so if somebody has dementia, the, the more primary question is how... Can I, how can I reach them, if you will? How can I mm-hmm. reach them? For example, my mother had a kind of dementia, and occasionally I would, I would pull out my old high school trumpet, and I would pr- play hymns for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, I would see her wake up. My father had some struggles when he was uh, in, the, in the later years of his life as well. And we would pray. That's what we would do. He would be mm-hmm. utterly confused. He wouldn't know who I was. But then, then we would pray together. And the real hymn sort of came out. You would see the very center of his being. There was something more than the dementia. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're aiming. uh, Mm -hmm. Who we are in our spirits where God speaks to us, all roads lead there. It is the the very center of who we are. I think that's where it gets really um, difficult because a diagnosis can feel as though it has overtaken all of that. And it becomes bigger than the spirit, you know, just from our perspective. It makes, yeah, absolutely. If if somebody is struggling or a child is struggling with under a psychiatric diagnosis, if, if that, if that label fits that person, what, 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 what people are saying is there is a struggle this person has and it, it goes through their whole lives. It is, Mm -hmm. it, 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 it is so loud; it can be life dominating. So, mm-hmm. so there's there's no question. It's like we can, if we want to get, move it into scripture, we can say a psychiatric diagnosis or a psychological diagnosis is a form of suffering. Mm-hmm. Then scripture begins to open up to it right. to it completely. Right. What what we're saying is, is I'll use another example. If somebody is diagnosed with cancer, uh, they there's a there's a clear physical problem, but a friend is going to ask. 
how can I pray for you? How is your very soul? Mm-hmm. And and how how can we know the love of Christ now, the care of Christ now, the comfort of Christ now, the hope of Christ now? Mm-hmm. That's 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 not sort of a, a sidebar with the person. That is that is the very center of the way we're going to be able to help them. Mm-hmm. I think I think of that scripture that says that God is a very present help in time of trouble. You know, sometimes when we get these diagnoses, there's all these decisions to be made regarding, are we going to do medication? Are we going to do therapy? Um, and, and it can feel like hope and help is still way out there. Um, and yet, we go to God's word and he says that he is a very present help in time of trouble. Now, Dorinda, you just did something that seems seems relatively natural, but it's what you just did was profound. You broke down the partition mm-hmm. where, where you took whatever that struggle might be. It doesn't matter what the struggle is. If it's, right. if it's, a, it's a painful trouble and God cares about these things. And Psalm 46, which is the one you cited, you just broke down the partition by... Okay, how do we know God who is the very present help in this particular trouble? Mm-hmm. How can we how can we identify the things that we need that 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 only he himself can give us at this right. point? So That's you just right. did something massive and if if there is one goal that I would have with this time it would be that that simple thing you just did that okay, how does scripture speak? to this particular suffering. Mm-hmm. And there's there's one, Jesus help. God is never present <laughs> help in time of trouble. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm thinking this through and I'm thinking about the audience, the moms who are listening, I, I know some personally who have recently been diagnosed with um, depression or anxiety. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know moms whose children have been diagnosed with, um, you know, OCD, severe ADHD, autism, things like this. And, you know, so many things tie into those diagnoses, but I think what we just talked about just now is a simple, a simple comfort. Um, yep. Just that remembering that He is here now, as we look towards a future that's sort of unknown, and we we know that we have Him present with us now. Yeah, and what we're hoping is something like Psalm forty six. Mm-hmm. It's the door in. It's. It's okay. Okay, we know that God cares about these things. That it would be it would be a horrifying thought to to think that somehow our psychiatric struggles are are apart from God because right. we suggest that He doesn't speak to or care about the thing that is most weighty on our mm-hmm. souls. Mm-hmm. So so what we hope to do is we hope to get into the door of Scripture, and then once we're in Scripture what we hope is the spirit makes it come alive where we can mm-hmm. see ourselves and the way God speaks to us or our children in every single page. By the way, let me, if I could go back to, sure. to how this is more and more prominent in the home. If we would have spoken five years ago, we would have used different percentages of what, of what we would expect of different psychiatric diagnoses in a, in a Christian home. Uh, at this point, we would say that at least a quarter of Christian homes are going to have a psychiatric diagnosis in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least a quarter. That would be a very conservative estimate. So that's another way of saying that if it's not in our home, it's it's in our it's in our it's in our it's in our colleague in in, a, mm-hmm. in, in our small group who's mm-hmm. who also is homeschooling. Uh, they they experience it in their their home as well. So right, it's right. it really is pervasive. 
It really is. And you you mentioned earlier um, going to scripture, letting scripture speak to us right in that place. Um, I think one of the things that is so tempting and, and happens very quickly is for people to feel alone. Um, to feel isolated. And I think that's exactly what the enemy wants. And so to know that there is no place that you can go, that God is not there, is incredibly comforting as a believer. Let's assume that that psychiatric words bring a certain shame to them. They, mm-hmm. at least in my li- lifetime, e- even in my lifetime, they were sort of back wards of mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, so there's that kind of shame. Now add to that what I suspect happens in the church, where if somehow we are not right uh, and, and more or less trouble-free or have less troubles than our neighbors, there's something not quite right with us. And so there is a, an added layer of, of shame that, to, that, that I think we as Christians can experience. I, I, I spoke recently at, a, at an event, and I mentioned in passing that I had a panic attack a few years before. Mm-hmm. And, and I, did, I didn't think anything about it. It's, you know, people have panic attacks. And, right. and so the question is, for me, is, is how, how did Christ work in me as a result of that particular difficult time? Uh, I was talking to the person who sponsored the event for lunch afterwards, and and he said that he was stunned when I said that I had a panic attack because <laughs> he'd never heard a Christian acknowledge such a thing. And here was a, here was a man who was a, is a Christian leader, and certainly heard many people speak. So, so anyway, I, your comment is is very very important. The perhaps the first step here is to to be willing to speak to the Lord and recognize that the Lord himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't identify the specifics. It, it, it is all kinds of trouble. Right. And might that, might that free people to be able to speak these things? Absolutely. To, to the Lord himself. Yeah. yeah. And I think that as believers, um, we can feel, you mentioned that that guilt and shame, because we, off, we often, I, I don't know if everybody does this, but I think for maybe myself, someone who's grown up in the church, um, we immediately go to, oh, there must be a spiritual problem here. Um, and so I would love you for you to define a spiritual problem for us. Uh, every problem is a spiritual problem. Mm. Every pro- every single problem is a spiritual problem uh, in the sense that that doesn't mean it's caused by sin. Right. But, but it, it at least means this, every problem we have we need the spirit of Christ mm, to, to speak to our souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus, mm-hmm. we need you. We need to hear your words of direction, of, of comfort, and occasionally words that turn us from, from what, uh, a direction that was de- deadly and dangerous to a direct, mm-hmm. direction that is filled with life. Mm. So I think that's, so we th- tend to think of spiritual problems as there's some, there's some sin that right, is right. causing it. Right. Uh, and I think that is, this, that is not that's not true to the way the scripture speaks about this. A spiritual right. problem is we need Jesus. And today, <laughs> here here's what I know. I, we're, yeah. we're speaking in the morning now, and and I know that I need Jesus today. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it very very clearly. Mm-hmm. I have spiritual problems galore, and and. Um, and so some and I know and some I don't. So. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's something that um, I have found to be really helpful when I'm, particularly when I'm experiencing 
anxiety and I just feel sort of like I can't focus, I don't know what's going on, is to just ask the Lord to reveal my own heart to me. Um, because sometimes there is something going on there that, you know, I've just been busy and I'm, I've become unaware of. And so just to be able to, I love that as believers, we can just take that to the Lord. And if there's something, He'll show us. And mm-hmm. and then if there isn't, we move on, you know, <laughs> trusting Him. Drenda, I, I, I so appreciate the, you know, the, um, the wisdom you bring to to fears, the daily fears. Let me let me go even one step further, if I could. Um, when the scripture talks about our fears, there is this command in there. It seems like a command: don't be afraid, don't be anxious. Well, that's pretty straightforward. But but to, we have to recognize that there are different uses of that particular form in scripture. For example, in in Luke, he he says to a woman who's Who's, who's lost her son? Don't cry, don't cry. Well, obviously mm-hmm. that's not a command. It's 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 Jesus's way of comforting. It's Jesus' way way of saying, uh, don't cry because I I am with you, and I will give you reasons to not cry as mm-hmm. as, as I care for your soul. So in in that sense, do not be afraid is not necessarily a rebuke to our fears. It is it, it is a it, it is another way of saying. I'm with you. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, it, so it's not necessarily. So we can ask the Lord to search us, uh, Lord. Where's where is where am somehow I off today? Uh, I spiritually off. We can ask Him to search us, and there are many times we might not find an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in mm-hmm. which case, what do we do? We 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 renew our our confession that we know right. that our Jesus is present with us. Mm-hmm. We know that. And then we narrow our focus. We we don't have we don't have the grace needed for the things that are going to come in a year or a week or tomorrow. We have the grace needed for today. So today mm-hmm. is really I think the call. He he gives us grace. He will worry about tomorrow and he will give us the grace that we need for today. So so we we put our blinkers on and we right. we look at what's what's in front of us what's rather than what's far ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I we're just taking a little example I recognize with fear and anxiety, but even with that, uh, somebody could go into it with shame and mm-hmm. and not 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 be willing to speak about it right. until we recognize that it just so happens the fear and anxiety if you have a struggle like that, you have the perfect struggle because because the Lord reserves his most beautiful words to you. Mm. That's that's what he does, and and mm-hmm. and he's and he did it throughout the Old Testament as well. When the people were afraid, that's when he would he would meet them uh, in new ways and essentially say, "Don't worry, I am mm-hmm. with you." And he would give them evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. So here's a question that kind of permeates, um, and it's it's similar to we talked about. You talked about uh, defining. A spiritual problem, but is every psychological problem a spiritual problem? According to the way we're enlarging this, I think is scripture calls us to enlarge it. Every psychological problem is a spiritual problem okay. in that every it's a, it is a trouble. If we are having trouble in life, uh, small or large. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. these small ones we try to manage them ourselves yes. rather than say Jesus help. Uh, so they're the, they're the more they're the more problematic. The the larger ones 
sometimes we just fret and get overwhelmed. Um, mm-hmm. But no, this mm-hmm. is a spiritual matter, meaning mm-hmm. pour your heart out to the Lord. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the way you begin. Speak mm-hmm. to Him about these particular struggles, and speak to Him is not is not the is not the only word, and it certainly is not the last word. But again, it's another one of those doors into into the words of Christ to us. You use Psalm 46, uh, another door like Psalm 46. I think it's Psalm 62, 8 or so. And, and it says, pour out your heart to him. Mm-hmm. God, is, God is a refuge. Pour mm-hmm. out your heart to him, which is, what we, which is what we do in the best of our relationships. If right. there is a trouble, we... We pour our hearts out, and I, I can remember one time I was I was I was flying somewhere, and there was a there there was a, a, a trouble that was weighing on my soul, and I went, I didn't have any family or friends to talk about, and the poor person next to me, uh, they they ended up hearing about my trouble. That's just part of being human. It's <laughs> it's when we we have something in our hearts, we speak it to someone, and we hope it's someone who who loves us and cares. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we, it's, that's so natural to, to us because that's what you do in God's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, pour out your heart to him. And mm-hmm. that's why that partition is su- such a sad thing <laughs> where, yes. where it, it, the, the beauty and the benefit of being able to open the door to God's words by beginning to hear, here, please speak to me. What is it like? He, that's what he says. And really that's the question behind almost all the Psalms. The, the Lord begins the psalm by saying, tell me, tell me what it's like for you. Tell me how you are today. Mm. And then the psalmist speaks. Mm, I love that. And I think that it's so important for moms to hear that as they're just in the day-to-day with their kids. It can be so easy to, uh, our hearts just wander. And before we know it, we're uptight and upset. And, and this is an opportunity uh, day-to-day in the small things to practice um, trust, to practice pouring our hearts out. And then when those big things come, it's just like, it's it's second nature mm-hmm. to, to just go there. And so I think if, if many of us wonder, what does the future hold? What are, what things are going to happen? Because we all know a, a life's journey. You don't know what, what twists and turns are going to come. The best way I feel like to prepare for that is to practice this at home, in the small things. And then when the big things come, you will be found faithful because you've practiced in those little things. And and we have that opportunity day to day in, day out with, with our kids and um, as we're walking out motherhood and homeschooling and all of that. Um, but one thing I'd like you to describe is a little more about how we are embodied souls. There, yeah, there. You're getting into theological matters, but everything is theological. There's, there's, right. a, there's theology underneath everything we do and say, and sometimes it's, it's uh, theology that 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 is coming out of scripture. Sometimes it's coming right. out of the world. Um, the the scripture at least says that we are this 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 striking union of two parts, sort of earth and heaven, if you will, immaterial and material, uh, we, are, we are embodied souls. Now, some people will try to break the soul down in different pieces, but, but that's for another, another time. At least we are embodied souls, which, which means that when you speak about our souls, we are, it's, again, the most important things in our lives, the things 
that that the, the things that we desire, the things that we love, the direction we are heading in life, the direction that heads toward life or de- heads toward death. That's where all the action is. Mm-hmm. The body, in in a sense, is 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 the are is is the material resources we have to live in a material world. And the challenge with the body is that is that it is can be strong, mm-hmm. but it also is it will be weaker. And in wasting away, mm-hmm. uh, the, there's a passage in Second Corinthians four four sixteen and following, which sort of captures it. You wouldn't think of this as a psychiatric disorders passage, but it. Um, so we do not despair, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're, we're being renewed day mm-hmm. by day. Mm-hmm. Though outwardly we're wasting the sea, though our bodies are wasting away, inwardly we can be renewed day by day. And, and now now let's bring sort of these what's seemingly modern problems of psychiatric disorders to there there probably are some physical features to it. Sure. Um, in in depression, it's for 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 women who have struggled with depression and men of course, the the typical nature of depression is is your life doesn't change. You haven't believed anything different. Uh, you haven't done these horrible, horrible things or believe these horrible things. All of a sudden, depression is there and it overtakes you. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you see, it's, it, it's not, it can be unrelated to our circumstances. Um, uh, and, and the body can do such things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the body can also become anxious for no apparent reason. Um, or it can be anxious not for reasons that are in the present, but, but it holds on to things. In the past, mm-hmm. uh, so so what we're thinking is indeed the, the body can waste away, and 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 what we do with that is we we want to understand how might our body be contributing to our present struggles, right? Uh, uh, how might the physical features of depression uh, affect our present struggles? Mm-hmm. How might OCD? How might the physical features of OCD? affect our present struggles and then how can somehow our renewal the renewal of our beings of our hearts our minds our spirits our souls are all different ways of saying the same thing how can the renewal of our spirits even become more important in the midst of a body that's wasting away so joinder mm-hmm. you're identifying here's here's the theology behind uh it's a balanced theology it's not it's not saying psychiatric problems are silly. They're, they're not mentioned in scripture, so they don't exist. It's saying that, that we are embodied beings and, and the body can do some unusual things. Mm-hmm. The things that aren't so unusual is when we have a broken bone. Well, we, we know that. It's, right. Uh, uh, some, things that are, uh, you know, some things that are a little bit different would be when you go to above the neck, I need glasses when when I want to see far away. Well, that's right. that's a physical weakness. Well, we all understand that, along with weaknesses in our other senses. But there are other things the brain does that it, where it does regulate emotions. It dulls them. It intensifies them. Mm-hmm. It can it can provoke an emotion that is unrelated to the status of our hearts. It can provoke an unre- uh, an emotion that's unrelated to our desires. the The brain has the capacity. To do those things, so we we want to be good students of how our brains and body 
can affect us, but we will never be thorough students of that. Right. Our hope is going to be in, even in the midst of these things, some of it we might understand and a lot of it we don't. We can, there can be the inner person who is renewed. Right. So speak to the mom who's there right now. She feels like her brain is doing some odd things and she's not sure what to do with it. She's scared. Um, and she's, you know, she's a busy mom at home. So diving in and researching is probably not an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it, but, but rather, um, I look at it and I think to myself, because I've, I've had those situations, hormone related or whatever. My first response has always been, why is this happening? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've found is that I don't, I never have that answer. Only God <laughs> has that answer. Um, you know, I go to him and I just think about that. Proverbs 3, you know, don't lean on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So we acknowledge him in this, Lord, this is what's happening. I don't understand it. And he will direct your path. And I love what it continues on to say. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will be health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Mm. And so that was a scripture that helped me, um, has helped me so much over the years because I think, um, you know, you wonder, is this health related? Do I need to change my diet? You know, and then that feels overwhelming. All these thoughts just come crashing in. And then to be able to stop and to lay all of that. Yep. at the mm-hmm. foot of the Lord and just say, Lord, I don't know, but you do. Yep. You know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You put me together. You know every part. I don't need to know every part because you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all I need is wisdom to know what to do with this. And so I think that's something that can, it can be a real opportunity to grow in faith and trust in the Lord. That's a great hope. Absolutely. And and to to bring that uh, into a particular story of scripture, it's, it would be this, one would be the story of Job, where here are the most intense of physical and relational pains that a human being could possibly tolerate. And, and when you try to sort out, where did this come from? Why? Why is this happening? The answer was, Job did not know why they were happening. He mm-hmm. did not know. And, and there's no reason to think he ever really knew all the ins and outs of what was taking place. Now, he knew some things. He knew that there were evil enemies and marauders who, who, right. who killed children. Uh, and he knew that he had a physical affliction, but he didn't know the details of it. And he, so there, he knew some things, but he didn't know the, the, ultimately the satanic attacks. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing about the book of Job is he didn't have to know all those details to to be spiritually refreshed by by the words of God mm. toward the end of the book. Now now given that we can still say that that simply we we want to go slow with some things that are especially difficult in our lives. We want to go slow before we get to I don't know. So so one of the things a person could do is if if he or she feels different than they once did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the anxiety is different. The depression is not, not sadness. It's, it's something more encompassing than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, 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 or problems that are even more unusual, sort of paranoia that, that, mm-hmm. that um, can, can descend uh, to, to say, this is important. This difference is important. And perhaps the way you'd begin is you would, you would talk to a friend 
who you know, who, who, who would listen well, who wouldn't overreact, and it would, would help you to, to describe, not to figure out why, but to at least mm-hmm. describe it. Right. Um, and to, to, to be public with that. And then perhaps out of that relationship, there are other questions. Are there, is there anything, we, we, we turn to Christ in the midst of this. And how do we, what does it mean even to turn to Christ? What do we turn to Christ for? That's, that's a challenging question. It's not, the answer to that is not going to come immediately. It might come from speaking to other people who are also wise people who love you. But the other question is, is there, is there anything else that I can look into that might decrease the intensity of this particular trouble? Uh, and there you get into psychiatric medications and, and in some ways an endless number of, of treatments that have been proposed. Uh, and that's, that's certainly a fair question to, to consider psychiatric medications. Now, they're not going to be the, the, the total answer, but for some people, they will manage sort of the physical symptoms in a way that we can be very, very thankful. But mm-hmm. going back to our we are embodied souls – what what we expect with with any treatment that might help us, we anticipate that that it's you know Paul says this to, to Timothy, bodily treatments are of some value, there's some value, but the deeper treatments of our soul mm-hmm. has value for all times, and so we recognize that that medications that medication is not going to improve our knowledge of Jesus. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to strengthen us with the comfort of Christ. It will right. do good things by relieving some of the misery, perhaps, mm-hmm. but, but we're embodied souls. And, and there, if medication, if we are, the, the rule would be this, if we are taking medication or some kind of treatment for a psychiatric or psychological struggle, then, then we make sure that Okay, we're thankful for the treatments that might help, and we go deeper. <laughs> we, right. we tu- how do we turn to Christ today? And how can our trust, this might sound a little bit odd, but it should make sense. Uh, how, do we, how is Jesus our confidence more mm-hmm. than treatments? Right. Um, and right. A, a cancer patient would say the same thing. How can Jesus be my hope more than these particular treatments, no matter how effective and how important they might be. Right, right. And, you know, oftentimes I think we as moms, we sort of, we get um, caught up in the day-to-day and we sometimes haven't taken the time to look back at what has our week been like? What has our month been like? What has the last few months been like? Um, Not that we're looking for... Oh goodness, I don't even know how to how to word it. But we're looking back to see what could have potentially brought me to this place. Um, maybe we used to walk on a regular basis and get outside, and, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the kids were sick, th- schedule got thrown off, and we stopped doing that. And that's now starting to have an effect mm-hmm. on how we're thinking, and um, this depression or anxiety is is really beginning to get our attention and. All of that. So I think that um, I just recently did a, an interview with um, Shona Murray, who wrote the book Refresh, and uh, we were talking about some of those things. And so um, those are also things to consider, I think, um, just being wise in how we're stewarding our energy, um, wise in how we're, we're you know, uh, stewarding just our time throughout the day, making sure that we're getting 
some solitude, some physical exercise, uh, decent food, you know, some things like those are just such practical things. It's such a practical place to start. But then sometimes we're doing those things and it's still just not helping. Yep. So, um, and, and of course, at the very beginning, even when we're doing the practical, we're saying, Lord, you know, what, what do you have for me in this? Please give me wisdom and just, you know, understanding again that he is the answer even the walking and all of that it's helpful these are things god uses but ultimately he's the one we worship and he's the one that we go to the your entrance into this was was a was a tall order you the the entrance is was to slow down and and to reflect <laughs> to to be able to say no this this is important these things mm-hmm. that, that that i'm experiencing right now they're important and, and they potentially interfere. They, they, they compromise the things I, I want to be able to do. These are important. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's happening? Uh, and and that, that beginning process of slowing down and trying to find words for it is is a whole lot harder than it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And as, as you're saying, that slowing down process can move us to a, a more thorough reflection of What's been the structure of our lives? And right. you know, Shona's book does a great job with that um, to, to look at, well, what's you know, normal things, sleeping and eating and, right. and right. resting and Sabbaths and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and anxieties and things like that, where, where those are, you know, it, it's, that, it takes time to do that. And it a lot does. of women don't feel like they have the time. So, so that's, <laughs> that's the challenge to this. For, actually, we could say it this way, I think, that that when there are these kinds of struggles, we have to believe that God says these are very important. If they are painful and overwhelming in life, God himself says these are important. Mm-hmm. So we can, we, can, we can slow down and pause and consider them, put words on them, speak to our friends about them. Right, right. Um, I found my husband to be a great help because he's walking this life with me and he knows the ins and outs of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I always tend to go to him first because he always gives me some perspective and it's, it's so helpful. But I know that moms out there, um, I mean, most of us deal with anxiety. I don't think I know anyone who hasn't at some point. Um, And on some level, the Bible acknowledges that, but, but I think there might be some moms out there wondering when does anxiety move from being normal to being something more serious? That's, yeah, that's, you're causing me to pause on that one. Uh, I guess if it was more serious, what would we do? Um, we would pause. We, we, if, if we were struggling with it, we would pause a little bit longer and say, oh, mm-hmm. this, is, this, is, this is very intense and, and um, I, I don't understand it. And I may never understand it. And I'm turning to Jesus in it. Uh, uh, are, there, are there other physical things that I should consider? And, mm-hmm. and then what do you do? You do. You go to reliable people who you trust who can guide right. you with those things from your primary right. physician, sending you to different places to, to whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess if it was more serious, those are the kinds of things we would do. We would be thinking, are there bodily things that I should be considering more, more right. seriously right, right now? Right. Where that line is, uh, I... I I uh, I don't know, frankly, where that line I, is. Um, I it's, think it might it's be different. Part of wisdom, yeah, mm-hmm. it might yeah. be different from person to person. And um, like you had mentioned, when it when it when it gets to be to where it's different, it's not. It f- almost feels unmanageable. It's you know, um, it's kind of overtaking your life. You notice it's happening more and more often. 
I, again, cause to pause and, yep. and reflect. And, yeah. and, and I suspect, going back to something you said earlier, that, that when it's really loud, we, we need authorization from, from scripture and from the Lord to be able right. to stop and consider it. That's probably the most, thing, more, mm-hmm. most important thing. Uh, but, but I think a little sub-theme in this conversation is when it's not really loud at all, <laughs> but it's been knocking on the door and, and right. a bit more intrusive, but we can manage life on our own. We can make it through the day. Uh, it's, it's probably those places. It's the, it's the lower level kinds of anxieties that we experience. That's where the action is. It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. How, how do we turn well to Jesus in the midst of that? And how do we learn that skill of today, today, not tomorrow, but, but grace for the things that are in front of me right now? That it's, it's in the small things that, that um, that's, usually, that's usually where where these spiritual battles are taking place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important if you're noticing, if you, if you notice it, pay attention to it, take the pause early on. Don't wait until it becomes um, overwhelming. And I think a lot of times it's our bodies and our minds uh, trying to, trying to take care of itself because it knows we're not on a good path and we need to make some adjustments and it can actually be a blessing to help us, um, make better choices in, you know, stewarding our time and taking care of ourselves and things like that. Cause uh, the body's very intuitive. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. That, that anxieties and fears and something that feels different emotionally right. with us is it's a kind of, it's just a little mini alarm that says, right. oh, let's stop. Let's, let's slow down. And there, there are things that are going on here and let's, let's consider what's happening and right. let's put words on it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, this is actually my last question for you. Um, this little booklet um, is not only helpful for the person that's received a diagnosis, but for those who love him or her as well. So what biblical wisdom would you offer that friend or family member as they seek to understand and care for their loved one well? Um, I, I think for the person who cares for somebody who's struggling, my, my own observation is that, is that many people are, are most people, Christians and non-Christians, they can be very compassionate in the beginning stages of a, of a particular struggle, a psychiatric, psychological struggle. The, the challenge is when, is when the struggle continues mm-hmm. and it feels like we've said really good and important things. The person hasn't tried them. The person's asking the same questions over and over again. Uh, and we find ourselves complete, increasingly frustrated with the person over time. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the, one of the most helpful things we can do is know the person a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, because, because our default tends to be, we treat other people like, like the, in the way they're just like us. And if, if um, I get out of bed in the morning, I got out of bed this morning and I was a little tired, but I got out of bed and I was happy to get out of bed and I had breakfast and brushed my teeth and took a shower and did some other things. Um, hey, I can do it. Uh, so if I find, if I'm living with somebody who's struggling with depression, at some point, I'm going to be thinking, well, why don't they do it? What's wrong mm-hmm. with them? Why don't mm-hmm. they just get out? You just get out of bed. You take your legs and you throw them out of bed. And, and then right. you brush your teeth and you do these things and you eat. It's, you're, you have the musculature to do those things. Uh, and, and I think at those times, the, the way to arouse compassion in us 
is, is to have something that would allow us to know what it's like for that particular person. And, and for, for these experiences we're talking about, they're hard to identify. They're hard to put words on because not everyone has experienced it in a more intense way. So I, I think in that sense, the book might, might be a, a means to understanding as, 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 as well as compassion mm-hmm. that ends up in patience. Patience in the best sense of the word, love being patience and kindness. It, it engenders patient, patience in the person. The better we know someone, the more we will be patient with the weaknesses in their life. Right, right. Okay, so that actually led me to one more question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just <laughs> was thinking about, you know, when you're living with that person and what is that difference between we want to be compassionate, we want to be supportive, but at the same time, challenging them enough giving them reasons to try. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. h- how do we navigate that? Yeah, yeah just a couple of thoughts. Uh, one is, is to seek to do it collegially as much as can we can, to do it in concert with the person. What would be most helpful? What do you think would be most helpful now? And oftentimes a person would say, I don't even, I have no idea what right, would be helpful. Right. In which case we, we propose certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, these are the, the, the creative opera. If we love someone, we can be very creative in, right. in, 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 in identifying, well, what about this? What about this? For example, uh, you mentioned earlier, let's go out for a walk. Well, there are two different versions of going out for a walk. One is, why don't you go out for a walk this week? Um, uh, let's do that. What, you know, sometime this week, in fact, let's do this. Why don't you plan to go out for a walk every day this week, at 7.30, whatever it might be. Uh, and the person doesn't do it. Another way to do it would be, let's take a walk. Right. When would be the best time to take a walk? That seems like a very small thing. But if mm-hmm. a person hasn't been getting out of bed, um, they're going to need a partner to right. be able to move to certain things. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's one part of it. What mm-hmm. to do it with them as much as we possibly can. Right. And then when we have no idea what to do, the nature of wisdom is we get help. And the help right. can come from the internet. The help can come from people. I, I, I suspect the, the best help are people we know who, who, who know something of Jesus in the scripture, but mm-hmm. who have gone through it. They've, they've, they've experienced right. it themselves. They've experienced mm-hmm. in a family member. Those are the people who will probably give us the, the most helpful direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, community is so important. Um, and that support is important for the person, but also for the family who's walking through it with them. But, well, I'm so uh, grateful that you have been here today. Um, I'm going to include in the show notes some ways for uh, moms to connect with you and your resources. And we could talk about that when we, in this, in the recording, I'll make sure that they're just in the, in the show notes, but I would love it if you would close us in a quick word of prayer. Mm, A pleasure. Father, it's, we are, we are grateful for the opportunity to pause in our lives and to, to think about these things that are so important, uh, perhaps never more important in history as these struggles we, we are identifying, they're, they're, they've increased dramatically. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak about them. Thank you that we know that, that we have the Spirit of God who searches the very depths of the mind of God and your Spirit speaks to us about everything. Uh, and the things that are especially important like these matters, you speak to us about them. May that, may that knowledge alone give us perseverance as we come to you. 
uh, and, and may you be easily found with words of wisdom and words of love and words of comfort. In the name of Christ, amen. Amen. 